God is not interested in you putting on a religious show. He wants you to rend your heart, not your garments. I'm Pastor Jason Barnett, and this is a special bonus Ash Wednesday episode of the Dirt Pass Sermon Podcast. Uh, welcome to the Greensburg Church of the Nazarene. This is our Ash Wednesday service. Um, this is a special service marking the beginning of Lent. Uh, those of you who maybe are unfamiliar with Lent or observing Lent, um, and some of you maybe even heard the term before, and you might think to yourself, well, isn't that something the Catholics do? Or don't they do, do that and observe that in those churches where the guys wear the funny hats? Uh, but we don't, you know, and then you might even think, well, we don't do that in Protestant churches. Um, but we forget, we don't realize why, why, why we don't do that, why we stopped doing it. Matter of fact, at one point in time, every Christian belonged to one church. Uh, when in reality, we all still belong to the one church. Uh, but there was one unified church, and it wasn't until, you know, uh, the, the Pope started doing some shady things back in the, in, in those dark ages, and, uh, that, and then when Martin Luther nailed those theses to the door, that's when everything changed. Um, but in reality, the, uh, the observance of Lent and, and doing the ritual like Ash Wednesday, that, that, that's been going on for a long time. Matter of fact, it was, for, it was really formalized in the year 325. But a period of observance and, um, period of observance and, uh, and, 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 and practicing these rituals and, and fasting, uh, and remembrance of what Jesus did for us, that goes all the way back to the apostles. That's uh, been going on for a really long time. Um, and what Lent is, it's really, it's a, it's a 40 days where you and I as believers, we, we mirror what Jesus did for us. And what I, what I mean by that is, you know, Jesus, you know, he came and he was God in the flesh and he lived and he ministered and gave his life really, uh, to rescue us. And that's what Lent is observing. Uh, but in a way, when I say it's mirroring what Jesus did for us, uh, Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, and, and if you're if you're following along in the, the Greensburg Church of Nazarene Lenten devotional called Never Again, uh, the devotional tomorrow will really focus on uh, on this event in Jesus' life. But Jesus gets baptized in in Mark chapter one, and but when he comes, then he comes up out of the water, and then the Spirit immediately leads him into the desert. And when it leads him into the desert, it's not leading him away from the turmoil of the world; it's leading Jesus. To where uh, in a period where he is going to be tempted by Satan, uh, and, and so he spends forty days you know, enduring that temptation, and, and that's what these forty days mark for for us in Lent. We are observing uh, that, and, um, and 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 on all honesty, should we be doing mirroring what Jesus did for us every day of the year? Absolutely, we should. Uh, but let's be honest with ourselves. There's, there, there, are, there are things that distract us all around the, you know, all around the calendar. There are events that happen in our lives, and should they distract us away from from honoring God and, and walking with God? No. Should they distract us from reading our Bible? No. Should it distract us from prayer and fasting? No. We should. None of those things should, but they do. So Lent is an opportunity for us to kind of spiritually, you know, reset ourselves and refocus our hearts on where where we should be in our minds on the things that uh, above, not on the things of this earth. So these, these, these next 40 days, beginning today through Easter, um, we are going to be observing Lent. And uh, it, that begins tonight here with Ash Wednesday. And um, What is Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday is simply a reminder of what you and I are. Um, 
If you read the devotional for today, that was on the, the church Facebook page, or uh, if you click the link and you've downloaded it, uh, there's you know, there's several different ways to do that. Um, it talks about how you know we are we are nothing but dust and that God took and breathed life into, and that's how humanity came into existence. And at some point, as dust uh, that we had become human beings, we decided that we want to become like God, our, God's ourselves. And kind of have the freedom that God has to to make our own choices and to live our lives how we want. And ever since that point, we've been dust in rebellion. Uh, so Ash Wednesday is us remembering that we're dust. Uh, without God, without the presence of Jesus in our lives, uh, that's who what we are. We're we're, we're just dust. Um, so we're going to be looking at a, a passage of scripture tonight, uh, taken from the book of Joel. We'll be looking at some other places too, but the book of Joel, uh, Joel chapter 2, and if, you, if you're not sure where that is, uh, it's located in the section called the Minor Prophets in the Old Testament. So, so you'll want to, you know, if you, if you start in Matthew, you want to go to the left. That's my left, so you want to go the other way. So, but you want to go to the left, uh, and that will take you into the section of the Minor Prophets. Uh, it's, Joel is sandwiched in between the book of Hosea, and let me see what the other one is, in the book of Amos. So, uh, go back that way, and we're going to be in Joel chapter 2. And, and just like I do on Sunday mornings, I'm going to read through this whole passage, or the whole section for you tonight. We're going to be in Joel chapter 2, reading verses uh, 1 through 2, and then dropping down into verses 12 through 17. Uh, so Joel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, and never ever will be in ages to come. All right, now skip me now to verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children. Those nursing at the breast, that the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber, that the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the saint nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? For this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's go back and kind of look at verses 1 and 2 here, uh, a little bit more in depth. And so it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes. Such as never was of old and never ever will be in ages to come. Uh, so what this section is pointing us to, to is... Dust struggle, the struggle that dust has trying to exist. And I'm, remember, you, that's what you and I are. You and I, we are dust. 
that and the only reason humanity exists is that God, out of his love and out of his creativity, out of his goodness, he took the dirt and he clumped it together, the, the, the dust, and what did he do? He breathed his life into it, and that's that's how humanity began. Um, but this is talking about a day, a day of reckoning for dust because of what's what's happening. Uh, it, God is declaring judgment that is, that is coming upon the rebellious dust. And there's only two options that dust has in this moment. Two things that, two options that, that dust has. One, they can admit fault. They can admit that, that it, it's their rebelliousness. It's their, their decision to try and become like gods themselves and, th- and rid themselves of the rule of the one true God. They can admit fault and humble themselves or they can rebel. Uh, and if they rebel, that means they're going to try and do everything in their own power to prevent this day from coming. But in reality, that is, that is dust rebelling against the Almighty God. Humans are dust in rebellion. And that, that began all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. In the very beginning of the Bible, God creates, creates humanity, places us in the garden, gives us control over all his creation. And because they want to become like God, which seems like a noble idea, right? They, but when it says they want to become like God, they want to just be in his likeness. They were already made in the likeness of God. They already possessed that. They were made in the image of God. You and I, we were made in the image of God. We already possess a likeness to God. But they wanted to be God, like God in the sense that they were gods themselves. So they took that fruit from the tree and they ate it. Thinking that if they did that, that would give them the knowledge. And that knowledge would give them the power to be like the one true living God. Fast forward to the, the God's chosen people, the nation of Israel. And that's who, who the prophet Joel is, is, is talking to in this passage here. Uh, he's telling these people that God's chosen nation, the one that God had, had set apart for himself, the one that God had rescued from the land of Egypt, the one that God had, had brought through all the trials and tribulations, who had helped them overcome mighty enemies in the past, they had rebelled against him. God had helped us create and establish an empire. A mighty kingdom. Not on their own, but with his help. But they decided to rebel against him. So because of their decision to rebel, because of their decision to to live a life contrary to God and, and chase after sin, God sends Joel and many other prophets, and Joel comes to him saying, there is a day coming where all this is going to come to an end. You're a, you, you think you think you're all powerful on your own. You think you've, you've you've accomplished all these great tasks by yourselves, but in reality, it was God who breathed His life into you, and it was that same God that get, that through His grace that poured blessings upon you, and you have turned your back on Him. This day of warning that Joel is giving to to God's people is saying that. In verse two, it tells a large, mighty army comes, such as never was of old and never ever will be in ages to come. He's telling his people there is an army coming, and you are not going to be able to defeat them. One, because they are more mighty and more powerful than you, but because the Lord your God who has fought for you in the past, the Lord your God who, who you as dust are rebelling against, is no longer going to stand by you and allow you to continue this rebellion. Your day of judgment is coming. 
And, and, and at the same time, while well, this was written for, for the, the people of God all the way back in, in the Old Testament, this also has a message that rings true for us. You know, Jesus promised us that one day he would return again. And he told his disciples as they watched, well, as Jesus ascended to the heavens, an angel came to his disciples and told them, in the same manner that you see him leave, he's going to return. And on the day Jesus returned, that final judgment will be at hand. That time will begin. It'll be like a time like never before had on this earth and never will happen again. So in the same way that the nation, God's chosen people, face this, this day of judgment because of the rebelliousness, we are, we are just, just like them, destined to face this final judgment because we have been rebellious against the Lord our God. That'd be a very, and that, that, that's a very depressing thought, right? It's depressing to think that you are dust and, and that beside you, without God's help, that you wouldn't even exist. Uh, without, without God's grace in your lives, the blessings that you have, all the good things that you have, the, it, it's hard for us to, to admit that, that none of that came up on our own. But it's also hard for us to realize that in this battle, if we continue in rebellion against God, we are overmatched. It's, it makes me think of, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, any of the Avengers movies that have come out uh, through Marvel, the Marvel comics. Um, and, and the villain in, in, what was it, in the movie Infinity Wars, and really throughout the entire series, in Infinity Wars and in Endgame, he's been trying to collect these stones. They're called the Affinity Stones for his, his bracelet. And, uh, and if he puts it on and has all those six stones, then with one snap of his finger, he could wipe out half of the universe. And so Infinity Wars, him collecting the rest of those stones, and he, at the end of that movie, he collects them, and then with one snap of his finger... Half of, half of life is wiped out across the universe. And it's very fascinating how, how Marvel decided to, to demonstrate Thanos' power with that, you know, with, with, with those affinity stones. Because when he snaps his finger, you watch as Spider-Man and some of the other heroes and, and, and other people, they don't just vanish, they turn to dust and are blown away by the wind. Throughout the pages of Scripture, that symbol of wind and breath represent the Holy Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. The Holy Spirit goes wherever He pleases. The Holy Spirit moves how He wants to move. And if you and I, as dust, are in rebellion against Him, we don't stand. We don't stand a chance. We're just dust being blown in the wind. And again, that's a depressing thought, but, but the story doesn't end there. And it, God is going to go on through the prophet Joel to tell us that it didn't have to end there for the nation of Israel. And God, in, in the story of Genesis, in Genesis 3, he tells us that the story doesn't end there. Look, look, listen to what it says. Verse 12, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, Rend your heart and not your garments and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious 
and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sin and calamity. God is telling this rebellious dust, he's telling you and I as rebellious dust, he's telling this rebellious nation as, as, as rebellious dust, if you return to me with all your heart, he is gracious and compassionate, abounding in love, and he will relent from sending this day. For the nation of Israel, that meant that, that God would, would, would prevent the, the coming the coming destruction that was coming in the form of this invading army, this enemy army that was going to overpower them and, and take them away into captivity. For, for, for you and I, God's not saying that the final judgment is not going to happen. What he is saying is we don't, the, that final judgment will not be for us if we come to the Lord our God, if we turn to him. And this is what he says in verse 13. This is very interesting. He says, rend your heart and not your garments. See, a very common practice in this time period, when something tragic was heard, when someone received tragic news or witnessed a tragic event that happens, and what you would read in some pages of Scripture, even when enemy armies surround the people of God, what happens is they would, they would take their garments and they would rend them. They would you know, mess them up to show how distraught and how upset they were at the moment. God's telling him here, I don't want that from you. I don't want you just rending your clothes. I don't want you just putting on a religious show for me. Don't rend your, do not rend your, do not rend your garments. Rend your heart instead. God is not interested in a religious show. See, there are things we can, we do here in the Lenten season to, to help us in our time of reflection. We, there are things we can do like, like giving up something. You know, some people give up their favorite TV show. Some people give up social media. Some people give up, I don't even name it, give up something. They give up their favorite cereal. But ask yourself, if that's the practice you're doing, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because, because you want to look cool to everybody else? You want to, you want to look to the world that you're putting on a religious show to show them how religious and how mighty you are? Because if that's why you're doing it, then you're not doing it correctly, and God doesn't want it. Matter of fact, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus talks, uh, he, he talks about putting on what it means to put on a religious show. He's in, he's in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, his teachings to his disciples, and he's talking to him about prayer. And this is what it says in Matthew 6, verses, starting at verse 5. It says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your God who is unseen. Then your father who sees you, what is done, sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. What God, what Jesus is saying is when you, when you go to pray to God, why, why are you doing it? Are you putting on a show to make other people think you're more religious than you are? 
Are you using grand and lofty words because you want people to see how elegant you speak? You just keep on going and going, thinking that, that as you list off all your problems one by one, that, that as the people listen, they're going to they're gonna realize how, how broken and, and you are and, and how, how humble you are for being coming to God and crying out your problems to Him. We should, be, we should do that. But, are we do, but when we do that, are we doing it because we want to draw the attention of the eyes around us? Do we, want, do we want people to notice us and think we are religious because of the things that we do? Because if that's the case, if you pray like that, then Jesus is not interested. God is not interested in the religious show. God doesn't want you to rend your garment. He wants you to rend your heart. Jesus can, goes on, if you, you skip down to verse 16 of Matthew chapter 6, he says this, he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show, the, show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they, re, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what Jesus is saying is there, there are people that would fast. But they would, they would mess their face all up. They would look all disheveled and they would, they, because they wanted the world to know that they were fasting, that they, they had stopped eating and, and, and they wanted the world to see how much discomfort they were in because of, because of their love for God. But in reality, they weren't doing it because of their love for God. They were doing it to put on a show for the people around them to see so that the people around them would think they were religious to think they were holy. But see, if you just go through the motions with no heart involved in it, then God doesn't want it. It's a religious show. It's, it's rending your garment instead of your heart, but God doesn't want that. God wants you to rend your heart. That's why we as Protestants, that's why we moved away from the, the practice of it. That's why we moved away from Ash, doing things like Ash Wednesday. Because they had come to a point in the, in the life of the church that they were just simply a ritual. Things that we did because we did them every year. It was a tradition that always happened, so we just did it for no absolute reason. There was no heart involved. It, we just did it, and, and, and we, we, we received, you know, Ash Wednesday, you would, you know, typically you get your ashes on your forehead right here, and you walk around, and you have this giant black cross stained on your forehead, and people will look at that and see and say, oh, look, they must be a Christian because they received ashes. But in reality, you just went, people just went there, got the, the ashes on the forehead. For one, there was nothing else to do. And two, it was the thing to do, to fit in with the rest of society. And God's not interested in that. God's not interested in us fitting in with the rest of society. Jesus says that. He, he says, I didn't come to bring peace on earth, but the sword, the sword of judgment. He said, God's come to set us free from the trappings of this world and, and, and things like that. But if you're, if you are putting on a religious show, if you're babbling really loud and, and sharing, you know, just listing off your problems, hoping to draw the attention of those around you and the focus to yourself, then you are nothing more than dust and rebellion putting on a religious show. You're rending your garments, but not your heart. If you fast and you fast, if you're giving, if you're giving up your favorite cereal for, for Lent, and if you if you're walking around and bragging here, well, you know what, I'm giving up my, I'm giving up my Honey Nut Cheerios for the next, the next seven weeks. It's going to be a hard thing to do because I've had Honey Nut Cheerios every morning for the last 25 years. 
what am I going to do with myself? I, oh, look at, look at, look at how great my suffering is. If that's why you're doing it, then you are not doing anything to honor God. You're doing something to please yourself to make you feel religious. God, and God is not interested in that. That is rending your garment and not your heart. What does it mean to rend your heart? It means admitting you are dust in rebellion against God. It's admitting that you are nothing. That nothing you have in your life, not, not even the good things, not the things that you have worked hard for are, are because of you. They're because God has been gracious and good to you. It's because he loves you and has poured out blessing upon blessing upon you. His hand has guided you, has protected you, has been with you each and every step of the way. The very fact that you're watching this video or you're listening to this message on, on, on the podcast is proof that, that, you, that you are living and, and you are blessed because God has very breath, his, his very life's force has been breathed into you, making you alive. So when you rend your heart, you are literally, instead of rending your garment, God wants you to rend your heart and say, admit that you are dust in rebellion against him. And not only is that, it's admitting that you are dust in rebellion, it's admitting that your only hope is Jesus. See, apart, God didn't create us to be simply dust and come become dust again. God created humanity with a purpose. In the very first chapter of Genesis, God tells us he made them male and female to be fruitful and to multiply and to work his creation. That is our purpose. That's why we are here. But we live in rebellion of that. We think, we think that to follow God and to admit that we're dust and rebellion means that we, and that we're nothing, means that all of our hard work is, was meaningless. It was pointless. It, we, we, we think that, that if we have to be who God wants us to be, then we can't have any fun or that our job's going to be boring or he's going to send you to the deep, dark jungles of Africa or you're going to have to come up here behind this pulpit and preach on a Sunday morning. Hey, he may call you to do that. But that... that, that Admitting that your only hope is Jesus is not saying that. It's saying that Jesus is your only hope. He's the only reason you 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 have any way of escaping that final day. And see, God hasn't changed. God in the Old Testament, through the prophet Joel, is telling His people, "Hey, if you if you would rend your heart and not your garment, if you would turn to Me, I am loving and gracious and compassionate, and I will relent for this coming disaster." But you have to be willing to admit who you really are. And if you want to be saved from the, the day of judgment that's coming, when the day when Jesus returns, if you want to escape the judgment that is your guilt and shame that you've been carrying around from all the sinfulness and decisions you've made in your life, from all the brokenness of those sinful decisions that you're lugging with you, if you want to be free from that, from the judgment of that, your only hope is Jesus. But in order for that hope to work, to take place in your life, it's available, it's there. But the only way that it can make a difference in your life and in your being is if you are willing to admit that you are dust in rebellion and you need the touch of Jesus deep inside. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 21 through 20 says this. Hold on, i got to find it. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
We abhor you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God wants to take dust like you and me, dust that is in rebellion against him. And make us his righteousness. It's not done by our might. It's not done by our power and determination. It's not done by our sacrificing our favorite cereal or favorite TV show. It's not even done by giving up social media. It's done by rending our heart and recognizing that we are dust. For dust you are, and to it you will return. But repent and believe the gospel. Because if, we, if you do that, God will make you his righteousness. And you can escape the judgment that is to come. But God bless you. And uh, this, is the begin- this is just the beginning. Uh, I hope that you will tag along with the devotional series. There's some different ways that you can do that in the days ahead. Um, you can do that by... by uh, there's a link here on the, on the, the Greensburg Church and Nazarene Facebook page. There's one on my, my personal, my ministry page, the Dirt Pastorman podcast. Uh, you click that link, it'll take you to a page on that, on that, on there, and then you just, you can click the link and download the PDF file. Uh, you, you will need a Dropbox account to be able to do that. If, if, but if you, if you're un- unwilling or unable to download Dropbox, there's another way. Uh, each day, the, the devotional will be posted to the church Facebook page, and you can, you can read it that way. Uh, or if you just reach out to me, uh, we can make other arrangements. Uh, but for the next seven weeks, we'll be going through this devotional series together and this, I, this thought of never again, uh, never again. Um, there's so much to think about as we go through that and, and what that means, that idea of never again. Um, so uh, let me pray with you. Dear God, thank you for the, this evening, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would help, help us as dust. Though we were nothing more than dust that you you formed and breathed life into. We have no reason to be here. We have no claim to, to any greatness on our own or any, any accomplishments, Lord, or any blessings in our lives, Lord. It's all here because of what you've done for us. Because of your love and your blessing on us, God. For dust we are. And to dust we will return. But Lord, help us to, to repent and believe in the gospel. Help us to rend our heart and not our garment. We love you, Lord, and we know and by faith we believe that this work has taken place in our heart and our lives, Lord, and that we are changed and can live differently because of that. Not because of our power, not because of our determination, Lord, because your spirit working in us and through us, Lord. We surrender, Lord, to your will and to your way. In your name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you and have a great night. Stay safe, stay warm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dirt Pass Sermon Podcast. If you live in or near the Greensburg, Kentucky area or find yourself visiting our community on a Sunday morning, please join us at 10.30 a.m. Central Time at Greensburg Church of Nazarene, located at 31 Bluebird Lane.